energy. Welcome back to Detroit Strange. Mm-hmm. So much energy yes. on this podcast you're listening to. <laughs> yes. We were just talking about the movie Best in Show. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where like they're on like local access news. They're like by going into talk on just like some like whatever, like local channel. And there's the news anchor looks at the other one and goes, just goes energy right before mm-hmm. the t- like the cameras come on. It's now our new pep talk, yes. pre-recording pep talk. Energy. <laughs> we have to build ourselves up. <laughs> yes. You know, it's Monday. It's not our usual recording day. No. So we got to no. amp ourselves up. So mm-hmm. here we go. And there was a full moon last night. So, you know, the energy is weird. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened. I don't know. I mean, every astrologer on TikTok <laughs> was warning. I'm going to blame it on that and not like the hangover to end all hangovers I had Saturday. Aww. I like, I did like patio drinks with TJ and his friend. Oh, okay. And we each like brought like a different drink. Mm -hmm. And so instead of sticking to our own drinks, we like, oh, let's do rounds. Like, you know, I'll make one of each of mine. Like I brought Aperol Spritz stuff because I was like, oh, it's fun. springtime. I want an Aperol Spritz. I've been actually craving an Aperol Spritz because I haven't had one in years. And there was a podcast I listened to and they were talking about it. And I was like, I want that now. Yeah. I don't even know why I thought of it. but I was like, Aperol Spritz. That's what I want. So I brought that. Mm-hmm. So that was our first drink. So we had an Aperol Spritz. And then from that, we went to Angry Orchard and Fireball. Oh, naturally. And then from that, we went to... Orange juice and tequila. Oh, you never do tequila that late. And from that, we went to mojito, pre-mixed mojito. And then I topped it all off with a glass of white wine. That's yeah. a day. That is, those are some choices. That is a day. Yeah. I'm sure you had a blast though. Oh my God. If by blast, you mean head in the toilet blasting vomit out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just that it's nice enough to be outside with people again. It's so exciting. That's true. So had all that puked my guts up Friday night and then I had to do construction work all day Saturday. And luckily, like my cousin was pretty self-sufficient for the first like hour or so because I was like, I'm dead. I just need to like lay on the couch. And so (laughs) but the basement, you know, it's pretty much done. The bars and the trims Mm -hmm. on. The walls are fun looking. Yes. You sent some lovely photos. Loved it. Yes, it's like looking good. There's still some touch ups I need to work up the motivation to do. But like, honestly, I feel like. I just need to like take a minute and just enjoy it. I so think like it's get a good more excited idea. about yeah. the space again, because I feel like I just put like pouring so much energy, mm-hmm. energy into the space. <laughs> I th- yeah, I think taking yeah. a break, maybe, you know, if anything, you could set something in your phone like this is the day I get back to it. But like take a little vacay from it because it's come a long way and you should, yeah, definitely enjoy it. Right. And then just set yourself like a little timeline of like, okay, on this day I get back to it and I finish those little things. Yeah. That's a good idea. Just so that way I don't forget to go back to them. Cause it's just like little like paint touch ups mm-hmm. or just like, as I say, I don't think you'll forget, but I think it's one of those things where like, if you keep pushing it to the side, it will never get done. Yeah. Or at least like, that's how I would operate because I'm like, oh, for sure. I've lived with it. But you'll be so happy when it is actually done. Yeah, that it will be worth it to revisit it. But be like, OK, two weeks, I'm going to enjoy it for two weeks. And then in two weeks, I'm going to take whatever day, Saturday or whatever. And I'm going to yeah. do the little things. No, that's a good idea because like this upcoming weekend is Easter. I keep forgetting about that because 
Yeah. It changes my life in no way. (laughs) Kind of same. But what's exciting is on Saturday, I -hmm. scheduled my appointment for my first vaccine shot. Very, very excited about that. So Mm -hmm. this Saturday I will be poked and I'm very excited. I got mine this past week and also could not be happier about it. The only aftermath is I have a bruise, but <laughs> I, it, I've i never been so happy to have a bruise Yeah, in my life. But it, yeah. I mean, it's just good to know that people are getting it and that they're, you know, everybody's allowed to make the appointments and get in and do it. The lady asked yeah. me after how I felt because, you know, they have to check and you yeah. have to sit there for 15 minutes. And I was just like, like when you give blood. Yeah. She's like, how do you feel? And I was like, so happy. (laughs) And she kind of laughed a little. And then I realized like she meant like physically. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm good. (laughs) Not going to pass out. Not going to like, you know, faint and hit my head on something and sue you on the way out. Yeah. Not feeling that. Yeah. No, it it. It's like a huge weight. And now I'm just so excited for number two and for a little time to pass out. I don't think it's going to change the way that I operate for the most part. I think it's just going to like alleviate stress about it. And, you know, I'm excited to see some more faces and not anything. I'm not going to go to restaurants or anything like that, but yeah, I'm people. Just like a little less on edge. Mm -hmm, exactly exactly and then with the warmer weather too it makes it you know we can see people outside and stuff too which is yeah fantastic and i'm gonna meet my friend's dog because my friend got a new little one and a half year old dog and i want to meet it i'm like back on the cat hunt again i put an application to meet one last week still haven't heard back i need to call them and be like give me the cat please please give me the cat (laughs) i want cat I will come. I will take the cat. Please give me cat. I will feed cat. I will give cat water. I will love cat. Yes. So give me cat. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited for you to get a cat. I want me a cat. Me too. This one's the one I applied to look at is a little cutie. His name's Parker. Aww. He's just like a white and like light and gray stripy cat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking okay. about? You know yeah. The type. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like a tabby. You know the type? Yeah. Tabby, like a little tabby. Yeah. Some kind of American short hair cute yeah i do love a little gray kitty i mean i love all cats let's same but i do love a little gray kitty yeah so hopefully have some more exciting updates on that in the future Mm -hmm. but for now oh speaking of updates there is some things i wrote down oh yes okay (laughs) coughing was not one of them (laughs) i just have to (laughs) find out where i wrote it one of them is we need to announce our winner we sure do and I am going, I should have written that down, but I didn't like a dummy, (laughs) but I am looking up the name right now. So is that something like drum roll or is it just rolling by ours? I don't know. Do it again in a second. So Alex, will you drum roll, please? Does that sound good or should I tap? Should I do like a Um, dealer's choice? I'm just going to keep doing this. Yeah. So the winner of our contest, who should get in contact with us, we'll give you a list of some merch that we will get and send to you, is, are you, are you, are you drum rolling? Oh, I'm, oh, I can't hear it. <laughs> my mic's picking it up. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. 
<laughs> it is. I want to read this name right. Foxy Coxie Maggie May. Woo! Congratulations, Foxy Coxie <laughs> Maggie May. Uh, they said, I really appreciate the book recommendations, especially Annie's Ghost. Nice. Yeah. Well, I hope the Maggie May is a reference to that Rod Stewart song. That's a Rod Stewart song, right? I think so. <laughs> That's like one of the ones that I actually like know and like by Rod Stewart, but I haven't listened to in probably like years. I could not name you. I know who Rod Stewart is. Could not name you a song. I know that I know some Rod Stewart songs. I don't know what they are off the top of my head. I feel like she was like, or not she, uh, he was like my mom's like her and her friends would always go see Rod Stewart whenever he came to town. Like, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like he was her crooner, you know, Aww, lovely. So, well, if, and if your name does come from a Rod Stewart song, please let Alex know in the email as well. Yes. That would be right. So email us at Detroit at gmail.com. Let us know that is you. Uh, we're going on the, the honesty policy here for this yes. one. So, uh, please be you. Yes. And thank you. Yeah. And thanks yeah. to everyone who entered. Maybe we'll do more of these in the future, but like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, thanks for reviewing. Yeah, it was lovely. It was great to to get some feedback from everybody. Yeah. A little bit of love. Yes. A little bit of love mm-hmm. goes a long, long way. It's a RuPaul song. Uh, <laughs> I loved it. It was great. <laughs> Just speaking of updates, too, I just wanted to plug Planet Ant Podcast. We've got a lot of great podcasts right now. A little something for everybody. And yeah. in the most recent uh, episode of Scaring is Sharing, I get a shout out. So, of course, I'm going to shout them out now and say thank you for the shout out. They watched one of my favorite horrible horror movies. And I should have mentioned to them that I know it's terrible and bad. It's not good. Uh-huh. It is bad. And it's the only horror movie in my collection. It oh. is the ice cream man. Oh my god. I don't know anything about it, but based off that title. It's amazingly terribly bad. It stars Clint Howard, who's Ron's Ron Howard's brother. Okay. Uh, he's generally like more of a character actor, and he plays a ice cream man uh who is not so nice. There is also like literally the main character has like a pillow stuffed up, stuffed up his shirt because he's chubby at the beginning of the movie and not at the end. Um, they rule some, it all out for uh, props and budget. Yep. Some really great cinematic things. There may be heads on waffle cones. Um, love that. It's it's bad. And I love it. And I haven't seen it in years, actually, even though I have the DVD. Maybe I need to watch it soon. But I am glad they watched it. I'm glad they shared it. Yeah. One of them rated it as I would, that it is bad but good. And to Brandy, I am very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he loved it. Yeah. But their show is a lot of fun to listen to. I have listened to it before. This was not the first time. I wasn't just yeah. like, ooh, me, I'm going to listen to it. Uh, but I do recommend it. I It makes me want to be more into horror. And like I've watched other horror movies. I just don't tend to naturally gravitate towards them. I would say same for me. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fun ones, though. Yeah, there's ones I enjoy, but it's not one that I'm like. I'm usually not the driving force in me watching them. That's how it is for me, too. Like I had a friend in high school, which is where I, why I saw this movie originally. Uh-huh. And that was like my horror movie friend. And she would, you know, kind of gravitate towards them. So I would, too. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, it usually takes somebody else. But I think they're fun to more fun to watch with somebody, too. It's not an alone movie for me. Oh, for sure. And I do tend to like the bad ones probably better than the good ones. That's fair. Because mm-hmm. they're the less scary because they're ridiculous. Usually. Yeah. Although I'll take a good one, too. So, yeah, yeah I, I do recommend their show and listening to it as particular, even if you're not into horror, but particularly if you are into horror. Yeah. If you're not into it and you listen, you might want to watch some of the stuff because I don't know. They just do a good job of going through stuff. And I really yeah. like uh, Jeremy and Brandy. They're great. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also a lot of other podcasts, too. There's a new one all about Daft Punk. So if you're a Daft Punk fan, it is Alive 2021. Go ahead and listen to that. What an interesting time to start a Daft Punk uh, podcast. Mm -hmm. I believe that's why they watched it or watched it. And that's why they started it. it. Why they started it because because of the breakup. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Basically, one of the hosts, Andy, he's who, you know, is a big Daft Punk fan was. No, still is. You can still be a Daft Punk fan. Yeah. Uh, Is a huge fan and wanted to take the time to get to know even more. So he's kind of taking everybody along for the journey. Nice. With a few other hosts, Darren and Devin. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So and then, I mean, there's literally something for everybody. There's a Mad Men one, Mad Women, two fun women listening or watching Mad I keep messing up my words today. Watching Mad Men, one seen it before, one hasn't. So they kind of are going through the series and uh, a plethora of other. I'm trying to think now. Now I feel bad if I don't mention one. And I'm like, there's 16 of them. I'm not going to mention them all right now. Right. This is just a sampling. If you want the full list, Planet Ant Podcast Network. PlanetAntPodcast.com. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fun. You know, yeah. homegrown is fun. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think that's it for my announcements. We don't regularly have announcements, so I was like, I got to do it. We got our announcements. We got our updates. We sure do. You stepping on anything fun? As I see your tiki cup come into frame. Kind of, yeah. I got a plastic tiki cup today. Which, thank you to my roommate from many moons ago. Her name was Brittany. She threw herself a tiki backyard birthday and left behind a lot of the things and now i have a lot of fun tiki wear is that where the pineapple cups came from it is where the pineapple but not the uh ceramic yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. the plastic ones with the straws yes they were from her as well so if you're listening Brittany, thanks yeah but yeah no i have pineapple juice a tiny bit of rum and then uh blueberry lemonade seltzer oh yeah i thought today's been a day it like we talked about. So yeah. I thought yes. I thought yes. I love that for you. I decided to go with my breakfast drink order, which is a coffee and a water. So okay. coffee and a water. Fantastic. As long as there's no ice in that coffee. There is no ice in the coffee. There was a lot of ice last week. <laughs> oh yeah. There and sure being was. The one who edits. There, there sure was a lot was. of ice. Iced coffee is not the most show friendly beverage. It's, it's not unless I've decided ice drinks should only have those like large ice cubes in them. Just like yeah. one large ice cube for recording. That's why I put one of those large circular ones in today. Oh, I love those large circular ones. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it made me laugh every time, though. <laughs> it was like, damn ice. Ah. Yeah. Well, I mean, because like. When I make it at home, it literally says, like, fill your cup with ice yeah. and then mm-hmm. put it under the coffee pot. 
So there's just like a shit ton of ice always. I, when I make iced coffee, well, I don't have an iced coffee maker, so I always just put it over ice and then I yeah. shake it in a mason jar and then I strain it into new ice. That's smart. Because I like light ice. I don't want like a ton of it sitting in it. Yeah. So I get the cold from the full ice and then I get to like maintain it a little bit with just a little bit at the bottom. Love an iced coffee. Do you put anything in or you just drink it black? Either. Um, if I'm at home, I do like to add more flavor. Sometimes like at places, I don't like if I'm at Starbucks, I'm getting an iced coffee. It's probably just going to be black. Yeah. Because they have delicious ones, though, too. I've had like their almond something milk fromy frothy wonder ice coffee yeah. thing. And that was good. But a lot of times they're too like they're really sugary at certain yeah. places. So I don't like to do that. But at home, I do like to snazz them up a little bit, just to, depending on what I have. Like I had a dirty iced chai Ooh, a yum. few weeks ago. Yeah. I got really into iced matchas. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like I'll make lavender simple syrup or something and put that Ooh, in. Yeah. And, yeah. And like I do like floating a little cream on top or like a little milk on top. Yeah. Because it's pretty, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> I like, like it when it starts to like seep down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is really pretty. I do like that. I'm always so bad about not stirring it, though, because I'll I'll just be like, oh, pretty. But I want it everywhere. Stir, stir, stir. Oh, I stir it. But yeah. I like to enjoy the prettiness of it for a moment. Pre-stir where I'm like, ooh, it looks fancy and pretty. Ah, ooh, ah. You have to stop and smell the flowers, per se. Yeah. And that is Ice Coffee Corner brought to you by Jess and Alex. Yes. Ben, I, oh, sorry. Oh. Um, nope. What? Oh. Nope. What? Oh, nope. Nope. Oh. Uh, oh. Oh. Nope. Oh. After you, oh. after oh. you, after you. Um, I don't know why I just turned into Goofy. Donald. Oh. I can't do a Donald Doug. <laughs> That was that was good. I mean, that was good for like the Donald Duck. I don't know how to actually make words. Yeah, I right. can just make that noise. I bet that sounds really good uh, recorded. Oh, for but. sure. <laughs> would you like to hear a story? I sure would, Goofy. Okay, I'm composing myself. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Uh, okay. You're just working on the energy. Energy. So. I swear I've had two sips of this drink too. Like this is not this yeah. is just me being a little slap happy because I'm so happy to see you. Yes. You're the best part of my day and I love it. Oh, uh, same. Yeah. I mean you would be even if I had a good day. That implies that like oh, okay. I'm gonna stop talking. But then you I'm bet. gonna start talking again by telling you yes. a story. Tell me the story. Have you heard of Daniel Scotton? Scotton? Scotton. S-C-O-T-T-E-N. I believe it's Scotton. No, I have not heard of a Daniel Scotton. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you a little story about how before Detroit was the Motor City, Mm -hmm. it actually had a very solid national reputation for manufacturing something else. Any guesses? Furniture? Nope. Uh, Shoes? Nope. Watches? Nope. Horse? (laughs) Oh, Just horse? Just horse. Just a horse. Just... One horse. They manufactured one horse and they got a natural national reputation because mm-hmm. they built a horse. You can't argue with that. Its name was Mustang. 
Yes. Mustang Sally. Um, no, it was actually cigars and chewing tobacco. Interesting. Which this is not the region I think of when I think of no, major. No, not at all. I think of places that can substantiate like growing those. Can you even grow tobacco this out north? I don't know. I don't know much about the tobacco plant. I don't get much about like where this stuff was actually. Like maybe it was grown grown down south and brought up. It might have been. It might have been just the manufacturing part of it here. I don't have that information, but. But that seems like a long like then why not just set up the source? Let's talk business 101, which I know absolutely nothing about, but set up near your source. Right. It makes more sense. Yes, yes. Especially because the time period we're talking about is the mid 1800s. Yeah. And the industry was actually started in 1841 in Detroit. Okay. And it's estimated that at one point, the tobacco industry in Detroit would produce 210 million cigars and 14 million pounds of chewing tobacco in the city annually, giving jobs to around 10,000 Detroiters. Damn. Yeah. Uh, So there were like four major tobacco companies that would appear in Detroit in the late 19th century. Mm -hmm. Um, Banner Tobacco, Rothschild and Brothers Tobacco, Globe Tobaccos and Mayflower Tobacco. Mm -hmm. Uh, So tobacco industrial uh, industrialists. Nope. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, they became leaders in the city. Okay. Those included are M.I. Mills, who was founder and president of Banner Tobacco and also mm-hmm. founder of the Detroit and Michigan Stove Company. Oh. I believe we've mentioned them before. Yeah. They the ones who had they the, built giant the giant stove. stove. Yeah. 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 Uh, director of First National Banks, which and mayor of Detroit in the late 1860s. Interesting. And one of the founders of Globe was Hiram Walker, who we've also mentioned before. Because he was distilling whiskey in Canada. He was, and we mentioned it in the Pesh Island episode. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but perhaps of all the Detroit tobacco entrepreneurs, because that was a thing, there mm-hmm. are two that stand out the most. And those are Daniel Scotton and John Bagley. Okay. Who I'm pretty sure Bagley Street, the street? Yeah. Yes, was named after. Uh, so the in, the industry actually even had its own worker society called Cigar Makers Benevolent Association. Okay, <laughs> sure. Anytime the word benevolent isn't an association, I, I know this happens a lot. And if somebody knows why, please tell me. But I've seen so like I've seen several associations with the word benevolent, and I'm always like, that's intense. It's also kind of like. Says who, you know, (laughs) you can't call yourself benevolent. Yeah. You know, that's like saying, I don't know. If someone's like comes up to you, like, I'm a good person, you know, you might have questions more so than if they just came up to you and said, hi, my name is Steve. (laughs) Another reason you need to watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is there is a song all about I'm a good person. Yes, it's true. I'm a good person. How about you? Like, in yeah. She's not. It's great. Yeah. So anyway, and this society, this benevolent society would provide sickness and death benefits to tobacco employees and their families. Okay. So it was, it was good. All right. So a little bit more about Daniel Scotton. He was born December 11th in 1819 in Norfolk, England. Okay. British. 
Yeah, good old Norfolk. Mm-hmm. In 1836, he immigrated across the ocean to New York with his family. And eventually by 1953, he had, nope, 1853. That's a whole hundred year difference. (laughs) He had made his way to Detroit. He was around the age of 33 and he started working in the tobacco industry under the tutelage. I love that word, by the way. Oh, yeah. Love a good tutelage. (laughs) Yes. Of Isaac Miller. Okay. Um, And he was of the one star of the B, right, Baron or... Sorry. Um. No, actually, I actually didn't mention him, but I also forgot to mention George Miller, who was actually the first tobacconist in Detroit in 1841. He's the guy who like brought it here. So I'm guessing Isaac Miller might have been related or something. <laughs> uh, but apparently Isaac Miller was a good person to study with. But I actually couldn't find much on him other than he was a Detroit tobacconist. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which is hard to say. This guy doing all the things. Yeah. Guy doing all the tobacco things. All the things. Yep. Yep. And Scotton was actually so like dedicated to this. He would even actually sleep at the shop to save up his money. Which is just crazy. He slept at the cigar factory. Okay. Uh, around this time, too, we're going to enter John Bagley, who was native of New York and had also come to Detroit. I believe around 1846, I saw a few. Conf- I, I have three different sources. I saw two different dates. Mm-hmm. 1846 seemed plausible. Yeah. And he was also an apprentice to Isaac Miller. Mm-hmm. This is how both he and Daniel Scott met and became two of the four largest tobacco people in Detroit. And probably the country at the time. Yeah. Uh, So Scotton eventually partnered with Thomas C. Miller, because there's so many Millers, and he co-founded the Thomas C. Miller and Company. Mm -hmm. Tobacco company. Redundant. (laughs) But only three short years later, he sold his shares to Mr. Miller, and he got some new partners to found Scotton, Granger, and Lovett. Okay. Uh, But years would pass, and partnerships would kind of get shuffled around and such business was going pretty well and daniel scotton eventually built a huge factory on fort street okay uh and in 1882 it became the daniel scotton company okay uh so his company would also boom due to the civil war because what do soldiers like to do smoke Smoke. Mm mm-hmm and by 1883 so a year later over two million pounds of tobacco were made annually by this time, the company was shipping to as far as England and Hawaii. Damn. Yeah. And by 1890, the company had grown to 1,200 employees strong and was earning $4 million in sales annually in 1890. $4 million. That's like, that's like Jeff Bezos' money back then. Yeah. $4 million? Yeah. You could buy all the horses that Detroit was manufacturing at that time. So many Mustangs. Yes. Um, in- Invented by Sally. <laughs> yes. Of course. Ride. Sally. Yes. Ride. Before she was, before she was an astronaut, she was in the 1800s making horses <gasps> oh, in Detroit. Yes. Uh, little known history. Uh, anytime a story can come back to Sally Ride, I am so for it. Yes. Love her. Um, <laughs> Space queen. And now I'm just thinking about tampons in space and how many they wanted. Oh, my God. I mean, I think we've even mentioned it on the podcast. 
Oh yeah, you'll be up there two weeks. Like, is two hundred enough? I think it was one hundred, but still this. <laughs> For like, a, like not even a month, and like that's just like, like, like no, I, don't, I don't know how many tampons you use nearby. No, it's not that. Like, that's like a year's. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say year supply, but like that's at least a couple months. I will say because in space, that's what you have to use. There's no alternative yeah. method uh, because of the whole gravity thing situation. Yeah. There's no way, though. No. Like, you're looking at three maximum. Yeah. <laughs> a day. Like. <laughs> anyway. That's why we need more women in STEM. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. In 1891, James J. Mitchell wrote in the book Detroit in History and Commerce that Daniel Scott's wealth was, quote, He being many times a millionaire has been directed into channels by which the city has largely profited. Interesting. So, what does this mean? Well, a lot of people in Detroit started calling him Uncle Daniel because he liked to ride around town in a white horse-drawn carriage, was huge philanthropist, philosopher, farmer, and kept a huge wood pile in his yard for anyone who needed it to help themselves. He read the dictionary for fun and sent his friends turkeys that he had raised himself for the holidays. <laughs> Reads the dictionary for fun. Uh-huh. That I missed that chapter in the seven traits of su- highly successful people. Just reading the fucking dictionary, <laughs> riding around your white horse, throwing money More at fun. the pores, mm-hmm. having wood in your yard. <laughs> what a guy! And don't forget the turkeys. Uncle Daniel mm-hmm. throwing his turkeys, mm-hmm. giving the way the wood. Yep, giving it all. Yeah. I mean, though he had four million dollars, so like. Right. Why not? What do you, there's no way he could have spent that in his lifetime at that point. He time. was just burning money for warmth mm-hmm. at that point. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't yeah. need this wood because I'm just over here burning fat stacks. <laughs> um, so hold hold on to your seat, because by the time he retired, he's worth the equivalent of, equivalent of at least sixty four million dollars in today's money. I don't understand how I, like he's not like this is such a good story because I had no idea about the tobacco and like. Like, there's not, like, usually people get, like, with that much money in a city at that time, there's at least, like, a street named after them, you know? There's no, I like, think there is, actually. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know where, but I feel like I've passed by it. I think that's why the name stood out to me. Okay. Now I need to look it up. I should have looked it up before this, but let's just Scotton Street, Detroit, because, yep, Scotton Avenue, it is... Yeah, it crosses Michigan Avenue. Okay. Uh, it is kind of near, but I think it's down like when you drive away from the city. Okay. Yeah, it's like towards if you were driving to Dearborn from Detroit, it's still in Detroit, but it's it's like a little far out of like yeah when you're in the city. Maybe so, that's not where he lived or something. Yeah, uh, let me look it up really quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Scotton Avenue, named for landowner Daniel Scotton, 1867. So, yeah. Yeah. He worked well into his 70s and he would invest a lot in local commercial real estate. He would continue investing until his death in 1899 when he owned almost 2,500 city plots. Damn. Uh, the Hotel Cadillac. Okay. And business blocks along Gratiot and Randolph Street. Okay. So he was balling. He left. Yeah. He left a $7 million estate to his heirs 
and his 20,000 volume private library of rare books to the Detroit Public Library. How many of them were dictionaries? How many of them were dictionaries? <laughs> All of them. Just uh, 20,000 dictionaries. That's why there's an entire Detroit library bench that's just dictionaries. Yes. <laughs> Uh, in 1898, at the age of 80, Scotton passed his company over to his nephew, Owen, who became an incorporating member of the Continental Tobacco Company, and the Scotton Company became the Northwest branch for them. This allowed Daniel to finally retire. Nice. And in 1899, though, he died of, quote unquote, extreme age for the time. He was buried in Woodmere Cemetery, and after his death, the vac- factory was briefly closed. But Owen opened it back up not too long after. Mm-hmm. He didn't wait too long because there were some ooky spookies going on. Yes, we love the ooky spookies. Mm-hmm. So the story I have comes from a book by Stephen Brawley McCracken called Detroit in 1900, A Chronological Record of Events. Okay. So the story goes, quote, At one time, two servants employed at the former dwelling were passing through the roadway to Porter Street when the figure of a man, white and terrible, came out from behind the barn. To their excited imaginations, it appeared to be the ghost of Daniel Scotton. But on his face was a scowl as he turned and gazed at the chimney of the disused factory. With loud screams, the servants made tracks for the street and notified patrolman Purcell, who examined the grounds but could find no ghost. Since then, it is claimed that the wraith appeared several times. It is even rumored that it has been heard to say, Evermore must I walk until the smoke comes out of the chimneys of this old plant. Superstitious neighbors remembered that Mr. Scotton used to make nocturnal trips about the house grounds with a lantern to see that all the doors were properly closed and the watchmen attending to their duties. He sounds like the type of guy who would go check up on things any hour of the day. Yeah. Take a, he'd put a bookmark in his dictionary, take it the lantern and go do mm-hmm. some rounds. Yep. 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 But I think there had also been like, oh, I see a light and I see this and I see that when it yeah. was actually closed. So I think it reopened. From what I understand, it reopened briefly and then closed down again. Has since been torn down. It was demolished in 1971. It was at Fort and Campo. Okay. It's now a parking lot. Solid. I don't think anybody's seen him at the parking lot. Um, it sounds like he was just bummed that his factory wasn't open anymore because he really loved every, his job and devoted a lot. I mean, from his early days of sleeping in the tobacco factory at the other place. Yeah. He was real committed to tobacco. Yeah. Which I got, I was just like, Detroit tobacco. And I had heard that there was a haunted cigar factory, I think, at one point, just like on yeah. some random list or something, which I think is also what kind of pushed me to the story initially yeah. when I started over a year ago looking into this. I had no idea it was like a big industry here. You never hear about it. Yeah, not at all. Like literally, like the only two things you like Detroit are like the motor city and Motown. If yeah. it doesn't start with Mo, nobody cares. Yeah, it should it should have been. Cigars should have been Mogars. Yeah. Get yourself a Mogar from Detroit. <laughs> and Mogar, Mogarettes? That doesn't sound right. I do not like that. No. Strike that. Cancel. Just, nope. 
It's canceled. Weird. We're done. Cancel. Oh God, I hate cancel culture. Uh, so yeah, so that is the Scotton. I believe that's how it's pronounced, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Feel free to let me know. Call in now. Yeah. And uh, my sources really quick were DetroitHistorical.org, NightTrainDetroit.com, and MyCityMag.com. Nice. Yeah, like, this isn't, like, I know you said you've been sitting on this for a while, but this was an interesting one because, like, yeah, you never hear about the cigar Mm -hmm. industry here. And the the fact that this guy managed to make that much money in that time period. Yeah. Selling cigars and, like, selling it back to England and, like, Hawaii, like. That's a big far reaches. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, and I didn't do it for this episode because I, I have a gut feeling there could be a whole episode about John Bagley. Mm-hmm. Uh, since there is a street named after him. Yes. Yeah. No, especially like, so just still thinking about oh, my mind's still blown by this because like this was in like the like mid to late mm-hmm. 1800s and Detroit wasn't exactly popping mm-hmm. as much as it was in the early, yeah. like, you know. In the Motor City days, just to be able to support that kind of industry. Yeah. I mean, I guess they were shipping them, yeah. but like still. But I think you have earned a little two truths and a lie. Yay. I was struggling a little bit to think of a topic, so I honestly just went to mental flaws. At the good old, Yeah. Yep, so this comes from Mental Floss, and it's about Easter traditions around the world. Mm -hmm. So, I've got three. Number one, in Sweden, on the Thursday before Easter, kids go trick-or-treating. Fact number two, in Greece, on the Saturday before Easter, people have buckets of water dumped on them by priests as a ceremonial way of washing away all their sins from the previous year. Mm -hmm. And... Um, fact number three in Australia, they don't have an, the Easter bunny, but rather the Easter bilby, which is a marsupial with ears similar to a rabbit. Um, I'm going to go with number one being the lie. That is actually true. Dang it. So it's called, um, Maundy Thursday or score tours, dog. Yep. Been a minute since I've looked at anything Swedish, but it's the tradition is that the witches would mount their broomsticks on this day and fly into the mountains to party with the devil before returning to blend in with others for Easter Sunday. I love right, this. <laughs> right. So this was like you know uh-huh. back in the day, kind of pre-Christian times, where like these witches, you know, they'd go fly up in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Party with the devil, come Naturally. back and just like blend in for Easter mass. Yep. And to like, so to, as a way to honor this tradition, kids dress up as witches or other like pop culture things and go trick or treating, basically. Interesting. And there's also big bonfires that are built to try and ward off the returning witches. Okay. It's for some reason bonfires. I love bonfire. Right. Like, I don't. Like, so the witches are on brooms above the bonfire. If anything, you're just making it easier because you're just kind of like, oh, there's kind of a town because there's a big bonfire. I'm just going to keep following the bonfires. But if they're on brooms, they can't get too close to the bonfire because then they'll catch on fire and die. That's true. I guess I don't know how high they were flying. 
I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what broom height. What Especially back then. The, the going rate of broom height is. Right. This is, um, this is a problem for someone who can math harder than both of us. Mm-hmm. Or knows about, uh, whatever year that was broom technology. Yeah. With their broom heights. Yeah. Uh, we should ask broom Hilda. That mm, done. Yeah. <laughs> So that leaves fact two and three. Oh shoot! I yeah, I forgot. I have to go. So one is, uh, two. One is, was the trick or treating. That was the true. Yeah, two was the um grease buckets of water, water and yep. then three was the marsupial. Yes. I really want three to be true. Mm. I'm gonna uh, pressure. Um, there's no pressure. You're so kind, but <laughs> I'm just gonna go with three. Three is actually true as Dang well. It. I wanted oh good though, actually, because I wanted three to be true. Yeah. So they actually kind of hate rabbits in Australia because they were an invasive species and took out most of the natural <gasps> flora. That's why that movie is called Rabbit Proof Front. <clears throat> Rabbit Proof Fence. Huh. There's is this, it an Australian movie? Yeah, it's it's not it's not a happy movie. It's been a really long time since I've seen it, but it was from what I recall, it was well done, but it was about um the treatment when basically the people from England came in and were kind of shooing away the Aboriginal yeah. um, people and trying to impart their culture upon them. And yeah. it's a story about some children. I don't remember if it's one child or multiple children who are taken from their uh, Aboriginal family and put into another family to try uh-huh. and like school them. But there is like, it's called rabbit proof fence because it's about like keeping, keeping out. Yeah. It's like whatever. But, uh, but yeah, they have, there's like a rabbit proof fence that longs runs along the property too, like to make it make sense. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, who wants to rabbit proof their yard? Australians. Yeah. But I will say good movie, not a happy matter, but also like something that, is historical and happened and it's important to know those things because we don't want shitty things to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they don't like bunnies in Australia. So in the late sixties, a nine year old wrote a story about the Australian Easter Bilby that was published and then became tradition. So this nine year old basically came up with the Australian tradition. I do love that. And the bilby kind of looks like a rat mixed with a bunny because it has like the bunny ears mm-hmm. and like a little bit of the bunny snout, but then also like a long rat like tail and rat like body. Interesting. Yeah. Bilby. Bilby Baggins. Yeah. So that means that fact number two is the lie. I- I'm shook. <laughs> well, so I did kind of base it off of another one that was on the list of a so it's actually based off of a hungarian fertility tradition where women of marriageable age get buckets of water thrown at them by young men to cleanse them and promote fertility oh no right i'm like so basically the the hungarians invented what t-shirt contest is basically <laughs> yeah that's getting that's not how it works gentlemen yeah and like it's not just hunger i guess poland has something with it too and like some places still do the buckets of water and some people have replaced it with like just a spritz of perfume, which sounds much more pleasant. Uh, I don't want anybody else spraying me with. Well, I don't want any of this. Uh, do the women get to throw anything back? No. And that's Damn why it. I was like, yeah, I was like, this does not sound fun no. for the women. This sounds 
Like, especially because that's not like probably warm water, you know, especially no. like back in the day. I wa- yeah. yeah. So that is the lie. Okay. It was hard to come up with a lie, so I'm glad that uh, it did stump you. Oh, yeah. No, that was a hard one. I mean, because, like, they're all plausible. They were all yeah, definitely plausible. And, yeah. So, well played, sir. Well played. Yes. Yes. I think that wraps us. We are wrapped like a cigar. Yes. You have those little things to cut off the end and mm-hmm. the, light it on the, fire. The clippers. I don't know cigar yes. terminology whatsoever. We're not a cigar podcast. Now, have, have you ever, ever tried to a smoke cigar? one? <laughs> I, uh, I feel like I've like probably taken a puff off of one at like mm-hmm. some kind of like gathering of sorts, which also was my mom's vote for what we should call things that like because we we're like remember the last year we were like meetings. That's not a fun word. Mm-hmm. She's like gathering, but gathering. I don't know if that's. It's like a marginally more fun. Yeah. Than a, yeah. Than a meeting. Yeah. Um, I've never like never smoked a whole cigar. I oh, must have taken a puff, but like it's just not appealing to me. I have to also just tried one puff once, and it is the most. Um, this is the most 1950s day of my life because a couple friends and they had like toddlers at the time, so like the four of us or whatever. So two friends, yeah. two toddlers, and myself. We went to tea time. At a place in Plymouth while both of their husbands went to a cigar lounge and smoked (laughs) cigars. So we went to retrieve the husbands and two of us went inside while the other stayed outside with the two kids. And they were like, just not even to really retrieve, but just to say hi kind of a thing. Because I think we were going to walk around or something. Yeah. And so one of them had just clipped or whatever and was lighting up. And Uh they were like, do you want to try? And I was like, yes, I do. And I did. And I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever done. No, sir. Thank you. Have it back, please. I never want this again. Right. Like, I just. I mean, hey, if that cigars are your thing, pop off, sis. But like, not not for me. Nope. We'll never be celebratory. Look, cigar I'll, smoker. I'll fuck with a bubblegum cigar. If you want to give me a bubblegum cigar, <laughs> I'm here for that. Anything else? A chocolate no cigar. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, if it's edible yeah. and not made of tobacco in yeah. any way, shape, or form, because I'm not eating tobacco. If it's not for smoking and it's for eating. Yes. Basically, just give me tube-shaped snacks. <laughs> I mean, that is a really great shape for a snack, though. Oh, for sure. Like string cheese. Oh, That's I had tube. string cheese this week, and it was delightful. Uh, I do. I do love a good string cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had not had it. Oh. Yeah, so I think in conclusion, we're saying don't smoke cigars, do eat tube-shaped foods, but learn about the history of cigars in Detroit and yes. um, look for Bilby. Yes, look for the, the Easter Bilby. <laughs> I, hope the, I hope the Easter Bilby visits everybody yes. this weekend, just for fun, just to say yeah. hey, just to say hey, regardless of your, your belief system or... yeah. Just, just a hay from the Easter movie. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. It, it would be startling because they like, they're not that cute, you know? Cause like buddies, buddies are cute. Mm-hmm. The Bilby, it kind of just like, uh, 
I feel is it what lab did you crawl out of? It's like an, an a real animal, right? I've seen it before. Yeah, I think. no, it's a real oh, animal. I just looked it up. Yeah, I've definitely seen one of those before. I don't know. They're kind of cute, ugly though, or like ugly they, cute. They are, but like, you know, if I see a bunny just like unexpectedly like hop from, I'm like, oh, hey, fried. If I saw that, I'm like, ah, what is that? Oh, there's but a. I guess because I didn't grow up with them around here, you know. There's a Bilby. Um, it looks like a Pixar movie or something. Okay. From 2018. It's definitely an animated Bilby movie from 2018. Uh, Australian animals, though, in general, are just wild. Bonkers. In general. Yeah. I love Australian wildlife, minus snakes. I do not like snakes and spiders. Oh, yeah. Their spiders snakes are spiders. terrifying. Mm-mm. They're no. huge and ginormous and terrifying. But I love the birds there. The birds are really weird and wacky uh, and great. Kookaburras? Kookaburras. I love kookaburras. They're so cute, but they're also make the most annoying noise in the world. What could be better? Right. Right. Uh, but they're so floofy. They are. But anyway, if you want to find us on our social medias, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Detroit Strange. You can find us uh, Detroit Strange on Facebook and our email address, DetroitStrange at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And if you want to support the show, we'd love that. There is merch over at the Threadless Shop. Just look up Detroit Strange. We've got our Patreon, Detroit Strange. You can email us. We'll find a way. Uh, <laughs> you know, whatever the case. But I think until next time. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was created by Detroit duo Sex and Violence.